Daniel Francis Baranowski, and you're listening to The Frankly Daniel Show. And yes, I am the Daniel and the Frankly part of this enterprise, and yes, this is my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Welcome, and thank you for joining me. Astonishing, an abomination, calamitous, cataclysmic crisis, a crushing crisis, dire Disastrous, insane, ludicrous, nonsensical, preposterous, shocking, and unthinkable. Now, which of those do you like to describe our immigration system now, especially since May 11th has come and gone, and we're left with 13 to 14,000 illegal immigrants crushing our borders every day? Do you realize in Chicago this week, Lori Lightfoot, has declared a state of an emergency in Chicago because 48 more illegal migrants have shown up in Chicago looking for someplace on the street or a police station or at the airport to sleep. The mayor in New York, Eric Adams, has just tried to move a 1,000 migrants upstate into one of the counties, to one of the red counties, that isn't going to put up with accepting an additional 1,000 people in their county from the sanctuary city that New York City is. Of course, New York City has about 45,000 migrants currently, and they're spending billions of taxpayer dollars in housing these people in hotels. They've taken over, I don't know how many hotels. I mean, it's, it's really quite astounding. And these people, they're being fed, they're being housed, their medical cares are being met, their children are in school, and we're paying for all of this. But at 45000 he is panicked because they can't hold any more in New York City before New York City just becomes one big haven for all the bad things that happen when you eventually have this many foreign males just wandering the streets. But, you know, in one week... Texas alone sees 45,000 people come into it in one week alone. And we're soon going to approach pretty close to 300 to 400,000 people a month coming in. And none of these people belong here. I mean, you have to get back to what, what's the core purpose of immigration? What is the core purpose of immigration policy? The core purpose is to improve America. That's why Donald Trump was so keen on 60% of our migration policy, immigration policy should be based on merit, on skill sets this country needs because of emerging technologies or any other thing that we don't have enough skill sets to meet those needs. Those are the people we should be asking to come to our country through a legal process. You know, we take in a million plus people legally every year and they have a lot of hoops to jump through, including Uh, true proven signs that they are assimilating. They have to learn English. They have to be able to read. They have to pass a test, even though it's become weaker. Now, there's maybe one or two other reasons 
for a sound immigration policy. There are times you need to unite divided families. And I mean immediate families, not your 12th cousin on your wife's sister's side of the family. Nothing like that. But there are mothers, fathers, children that need to be united for one reason or another. The other purpose of having an immigration policy is to help those people out with temporary protective services that are in defined populations and they've suffered some unforeseen and uncontrollable event, like an earthquake. And we have major populations here from uh, Caribbean islands and part of, uh, of Latin America that have been here for 20 years now. We can't seem to, to get over this whole thing that this is a temporary issue. But there are situations like that that it makes a lot of sense. But our immigration policy is not meant to be used to balance the racial mix of the American population. It is not to be used as a charitable system to express our empathy or sympathy for those less fortunate. You know, there are 4 billion people less fortunate. And it's not to serve as a great repository for anyone who feels that they're in the wrong place at the wrong time and they just want to up and move. It is not to serve as a haven for anyone who decides they want a better life or is down on their economic status where they live or their cousins moved here or whatever the reasons are coming down, down the pike. No, I don't know about you. It's been a, a pretty tough week for me. I have, well, I, I have noticed this myself, but it's been pointed out to me by family members that the level of my spontaneous cursing has really gone up this week as I've continued to watch uh, certain testimonies that are going on in the Hill. Some of the people that are up there just talking utter nonsense. But I did stumble across an um, audio tape I want to share with you. And uh, this is an audio tape of Donald Trump in um, August of uh, 2016, 2016, yeah, way back then. And he's in Arizona, and he's talking about very interesting topic, very interesting topic. Now this clip's a little on the long side, but I've cut out a good part of it because I've cut down on the applause. The applause is, is very truncated in this uh, clip. So bear with me. I think you're going to find it very interesting, very entertaining, and pretty truthful. This won't be a rally speech, per se. Instead, I'm going to deliver a detailed policy address on one of the greatest challenges facing our country today, illegal immigration. I've just landed, having returned from a very important and special meeting with the president of Mexico, a man I like and respect very much, and a man who truly loves his country, Mexico. And by the way, just like I am a man who loves my country, the United States, we agreed on the importance of ending the illegal flow of drugs, cash, guns, and people across our border and to put the cartels out of business. We also discussed the great contributions of Mexican-American citizens to our two countries, my love for the people of Mexico, and the leadership and friendship that we have between Mexico and the United States. We're going to go about creating 
a new relationship between our two countries. But it's going to be a fair relationship. We want fairness. But to fix our immigration system, we must change our leadership in Washington, and we must change it quickly. Sadly, sadly, there is no other way. The truth is, our immigration system is worse than anybody ever realized. But the facts aren't known because the media won't report on them, the politicians won't talk about them, and the special interests spend a lot of money trying to cover them up because they are making an absolute fortune. That's the way it is. Today, on a very complicated and very difficult subject, you will get the truth. The fundamental problem with the immigration system in our country is that it serves the needs of wealthy donors, political activists, and powerful, powerful politicians. It's all you can do. Let me tell you who it does not serve. It does not serve you, the American people. Doesn't serve you. When politicians talk about immigration reform, they usually mean the following. Amnesty, open borders, lower wages. Immigration reform should mean something else entirely. It should mean improvements to our laws and policies to make life better for American citizens. Thank you. But if we're going to make our immigration system work, then we have to be prepared to talk honestly and without fear about these important and very sensitive issues. For instance, we have to listen to the concerns that working people, our forgotten working people, have over the record pace of immigration and its impact on their jobs, wages, housing, schools, tax bills, and general living conditions. These are valid concerns expressed by decent and patriotic citizens from all backgrounds, all over. We also have to be honest about the fact that not everyone who seeks to join our country will be able to successfully assimilate. Sometimes it's just not going to work out. It's our right as a sovereign nation to choose immigrants that we think are the likeliest to thrive and flourish and love us. Then there is the issue of security. Countless innocent American lives have been stolen because our politicians have failed in their duty to secure our borders and enforce our laws like they have to be enforced. I have met with many of the great parents who lost their children to sanctuary cities and open borders. So many people, so many, many people, so sad. Countless Americans who have died in recent years would be alive today if not for the open border policies of this administration. How very interesting. I do remember this campaign speech. I grew up in Mesa, Arizona. And I went to undergrad school at the University of Arizona. So I'm a long-time Arizonan, been to the border numerous times. 
And Trump referenced the murder of a Mesa, Arizona young man by an illegal alien during this speech, and it's one of the reasons I do remember it. Well, there, there is so much to say about the lasting damage Biden is doing to America through this unconscionable illegal immigration plan that I don't really know where to start, and I don't know what anyone thinks is going to make a difference without changing the leadership. So bear with me, and let's cover some more of this nonsense together. Now, Trump was referencing the number of people, anecdotal cases, of people who lost loved ones, family, friends, spouses, through the actions of illegal immigrants, either drunk driving or just outright murder. As I speak right now, I just lifted three testimonials by people who also lost loved ones at the hands of illegal immigrants. Here those three are. I am absolutely disappointed. In 21 years, nothing has changed as far as illegal immigration in this country. President Biden has slept through the two years of this border crisis, along with VP Harris and Mallorca. They are doing absolutely nothing to protect our borders and to protect the citizens of this country. We are a sovereign nation. We have the right to protect and defend our borders. New immigration laws will not prevent more illegals uh, from coming into our country. We need to enforce existing laws. I, I miss President Trump. I wish President Trump would come back, and I wish uh, Kerry Lake would have won, and we have and to have more candidates that have the, the, the courage to fight this insanity and stand up to fight for our country and put America first. Well, despite what they say, you know, we're not against immigration. We're against illegal immigration. This should be a bipartisan issue. Both parties need to come together, especially this administration now, and work out some legitimate laws that's going to keep this country safe. Because what's going on right now, make no mistake about it, uh, it's simply a distraction from whether the root problem, which is a, a fundamental disconnect from this administration uh, between the actions and consequences, uh, especially regarding American laws. What's happening down there is self-inflicted. It's 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 um, circumventing our, our laws. It, there's there's no laws going on right now that's being enforced. Uh, they need to come together, get some legitimate immigration laws, and be, they're failing the American people right now. It's 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 absolutely unprecedented what's going on right now. It's it's just absolutely craziness. Gosh, you can hear the frustration in this fellow's um, voice. The problem is he doesn't have a very good understanding of what's really going on in the border. And it really doesn't understand that no parties are going to come together to solve this because the Democrats are absolutely convinced that the laws of the nation should be open borders, that people coming in should be granted amnesty and a path to citizenship, and that is their position. And they're not going to budge off of that position, not whatsoever. And so we've got to get very real about what's going on, and there's only one way to stop it. You've got to change the players in this equation. Now, before I play the last testimonial, let, I'm going to put a, a short clip of Hakeem Jeffries speaking just this week about the Democrats' position on what's going on on the border. It's as often with my extreme MAGA Republican colleagues. They create a fictional argument 
around what's happening at the border and then actually do nothing to solve the real problem. Notice how all of us are always MAGA Republicans. Additionally, Donald Trump had done something to solve this problem at the border. In his final year as president, there were under 500,000 people who illegally entered the country. There were 500,000 people who had illegal entered the country within the first two months of the Biden administration. And it's gone nowhere but north since then. Here's that third testimonial I promised. It's hard to find the words. I, I so believe this is a planned action by Biden and the Democrats to allow anyone into our country, even the terrorists, even the rapists, even the murderers, and a bunch of nice people. There are all kinds coming. We do not hate the people that are coming. We love our country. We have a right to have borders enforced in the country. Today, we've become worse than a third world country because even third world countries protect their border. You know, I once did an interview with a man in Japan, a newspaper in Japan, and he wanted to know, you know, I, want, I asked him, why are you interviewing and worried about sanctuary cities? And I said, what would happen if I came to your country and without, you know, just came across and decided to come myself? He said, oh, you'd be arrested. I mean, they don't even understand what's going on that, you know, because in their country, you would be arrested. There, there's no qualms about it. And we Today, this morning, I'm saddened that we've become worse than a third world country. Now, as you will hear later today in the program, Homeland Insecurity had more than two years to plan for the expiration of Title 42. In fact, they'd gone to court many times, the government has, the Biden government, to get Title 42 off the books. They didn't like it. They wanted more people coming in. So here we are today. They're taking people in as fast as they can. And uh, this is the background check that they would usually do on someone, at least a 90-minute review by a processing agent, which has turned out to be a Border Patrol agent who's not on the border. They're back doing processing. They're doing clerk, uh, clerk work, secretariat work. It, it, it is absolutely bizarre. But that's where they are. But with the rush of people coming in, they don't have enough people to even do the 90-minute interview. So here's a short clip of, of Brendan Judge, who is the president of the Border Patrol Union, talking about exactly what they can do. And this tape is as fresh as Friday, May 12th. The thing that we do is we fingerprint them, see if they have a criminal record here in the United States. We also look to see if they have an Interpol hit, and that's it. We can't check anything that's happening in their countries. If they have a criminal record in their country, we're never going to know about it. And there lies the rub, isn't it? We have no idea who these people are, even when they come through the channels that Homeland Security has set up for them to go through. And then, of course, if they're coming in under Title VIII, the government is required to detain them until they're, they're, they have a hearing in front of a judge. Of course, we don't detain anybody. That whole thing has been a myth. We hold them for a while, and then we just release them en masse to wherever they're going. They get a cell phone from us, which is something that they use in lieu of being detained because we are supposed to be able to reach out and touch them wherever they are. And, and no one knows who's paying for all the, the minutes on these phones or the cell phones. I mean, we are. It's the taxpayer. Uh, but on top of that, 
they get a free bus pass or a plane ticket anywhere into the continental United States at our expense. And that's to do two things. One is to get them away from all the cameras that are accumulating at the border and, and causing any kind of panic about all the pressure that's going on along the border. Get them processed, get them out, get them dispersed. But also it makes it harder to ever collect these people to export them and to expel them. Because we know that 90%, if not a higher percentage, they don't belong here under any kind of claim, any kind of asylum claim whatsoever. The cases that have been adjudicated in court, and we've got a backlog now of over two and a half million people who've been to court, they're still sitting around here in this country. About 200,000 of them have left. But the majority of them are just still sitting here waiting for someone like ICE or someone to really force the issue. And, of course, ICE has been decimated. There's not even enough ICE agents to pursue the true criminals that are identified by local authorities that need to be picked up, arrested, and sent back to their country or imprisoned. So after two years now, uh, Secretary Mayorkas has come up with this grand plan. You process as many people as you can. You detain them until you reach holding capacity that's in excess of 125%, and then you're forced to release them out to the public. And so all these people, thousands and thousands, 14,000, 15,000 a day are coming through, are just, they're just released on their own recognizance, wherever you want to go, as if you are a citizen. You don't have driver's license. That that can prevent you from driving. You don't have a lot of things that you should have in terms of identification. But you're, you're just free to roam wherever you want to go. Well, last night on May 11th at the 11th hour, uh, a judge has blocked this release, this automatic release once you reach this. So they're going to take about two weeks to hash this out, supposedly. And, of course, the uh, court battles are going to go back and forth. But here's a report about uh, that, judge, that judge's action blocked part of the Biden administration's plan for releasing some migrants. Now, it would have allowed migrant holding centers that were well over capacity to release migrants with no set court date, just an agreement to turn themselves into an immigration office in 60 days to be screened for asylum. A judge described it this way in his ruling, quote, aliens are being released into the country on an expedited basis without being placed in removal proceedings and with little to no vetting and no monitoring. Now, that block on this part of the program lasts for two weeks while they hash it out in court. Well, back to President Trump's speech in 2016. As it turned out, the president of Mexico wasn't as cooperative as Trump thought he was going to be. And Trump learned about the influence the cartels really have over the Mexican government. So the Mexican government was doing nothing to stop all these hordes of people in caravans, 10,000, 15,000, 30,000 people at a time, marching straight across Mexico, which is a long haul, right to our border. And many of these started three or four or five countries back. All countries they could have stopped in, applied for asylum there. But no, the big prize is here because we have all the good stuff. Nobody's stopping off in Honduras or Costa Rica even, which is a wonderful place to live, or any of the other countries. They're going all the way to North America. So Trump eventually got very tough with the Mexicans and said, it's just, it's just this simple. Trade is going to stop, period. We're going to close the border. 
Well, that took about a 24-hour time period for a reaction to come. Then all of a sudden, the Mexican president broke out the National Guard and their army, and they were stopping these caravans before they ever entered the country. And then they eventually agreed to this program of remain in Mexico. Well, it's your turn to be heard came along. Of course, all of that got washed. They threw the baby out with the bathwater, the entire bassinet, everything when Biden came in. Now, Joe Biden's record with the Mexican president, the current Mexican president, is just an abomination. And after two years and knowing what's going to happen with Title 42, here's what Immigration Joe had to say about working with Mexico and the Mexican president just a couple days ago, knowing that May 11th was just a day away. I spent uh, close to an hour with, uh, with the Mexican president today. Uh, we're doing all we can. Uh, the answer is uh, it remains to be seen. Uh, we've gotten overwhelming cooperation from Mexico. Uh, we also are in the process of setting up resi- uh, uh, offices in Colombia and other places where you can or someone seeking asylum can go first. So, but it remains to be seen. It's going to be chaotic for a while. And as an example, as I raised in the meeting, when they said, well, we're going to cut and no spending more money, what the hell happens? If you cut, you're going to cut people at the border? You're going to cut agents at the border? We, know, we need more at the border, not less at the border. Of course, this last part of what um, Immigration Joe's talking about, he's still talking about the debt limit ceiling. And he's being a smartass, basically, saying, well, if the Republicans, if they don't um, pass this ceiling, all kinds of hell's going to fall. There won't be any uh, Border Patrol agents. And if we go through with their spending reduction plan, well, what are they going to do? Cut agents? Are they going to gut the uh, uh, Border Patrol activity? Uh this is Joe Biden at his worst. It's called smear and then instill fear. Listening to Trump's 2016 uh, speech, uh, he said we want to stop the illegal flow of guns, drugs, and people and put the cartels out of business. Lofty goals. Look what's happened these past two years. There are more deadly drugs than ever before pouring into the country. There are lots of guns crossing the border. But there's little to no discussion about the firearms crossing the border. Instead, Biden's too busy hammering citizens for legally owning guns. We have millions of unknown illegals, known as gotaways, rushing the border just out of the reach of Border Patrol. And those are the ones that Border Patrol can track on camera. Now, they say, and and we know, that these numbers could easily be 30 to 40 percent higher. We now have prostitution and human slave trafficking. Oh, yes, I mean, yes. More correctly, the Biden administration has made the cartels richer, immensely richer, more powerful, and certainly more dangerous. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. 
Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com. Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Before we get further into the show today, I wanted to share something with you from Tucker Carlson. You may remember a couple of weeks ago, I did a Frankly Daniel show on a program entitled Fox News Experiences a Seismic Blowback. Tucker Carlson is Fox's loss. This was quite a shock, I think, to most of the conservative community when Tucker exited stage left all in one day without much explanation. But I'm going to play for you a clip that he left on Twitter just a couple days ago that explains where he's going to show up next, of all places. And since I know that there are many of you who probably aren't Twitter members, this will give you an idea of where Tucker Carlson is likely to be and be there soon. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have. But that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. I'm misleading you. 
And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters every day of the week, every week of the year. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really and it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We'll be bringing some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. Well, okay, there's the public service announcement for this week. Now, I want to get right back to immigration, illegal immigration the travesty that we're watching unfold on the southern border. That's coming for all of us, by the way. The only people who hold Secretary Mayorkas in lower esteem and higher contempt than I do are the 19,200 Border Patrol agents who happen to be down 800 agents because they've quit and they can't seem to recruit them back in. Now, Mayorkas has asked for another 300, and when asked why he didn't ask for more because Congress was willing to give him more. The Republican Congress was willing to give him more. He said, we have problems recruiting people. We we really probably can't reach that goal. But he disingenuously will tell you that Congress didn't give him all the resources that he needed. He wants to hire people to do processing. He doesn't want to hire Border Patrol agents that are going to stop people from illegally migrating across the Rio Grande River. And nobody despises this character, as I said, more probably than the border agents. If you go to BP Union on Twitter, that's their handle, you'll see all the wonderful comments that the BP Union, the Border Patrol Union, has to say about President Biden and Mayorkas. Here's a quote. This by far is the worst sustained disaster any BP agent, active or retired, has ever seen at our border. They're talking about the, the, the suspension of Title 42. And one man is responsible for every single bit of it with the worst still to come. And then they have a picture of Joey, Joey Biden. Now, in fairness, there are millions of Americans who are also of the opinion that Secretary Mayorkas should be impeached. I don't call for impeachment often. I can't think of any other person I've called for 
impeachment on other than this character. And he should be impeached immediately. Having to go through a trial in the Senate would expose Biden and Mayorkas for the damage they're doing to all of us with a sinister, pernicious, despicable, illegal immigration plan all set to alter the demography of our nation. Now, with a few exceptions, the media doesn't cover the border nightmare. And that's why a public impeachment trial would expose the traitorous behavior of Biden and Mayorkas as they invite millions upon millions of people who have no business, absolutely no business, crashing America and living off of our citizens. Uh, The legacy media, of course, they're all down there now because of the expiration of Title 42. It's sort of a big event now. And they're down there on the border putting a happy spin on all the needy people. Biden and Mayorkas are saving from destitution, and they're blaming Republicans because they haven't passed a new immigration law. Excuse me. Excuse me. I mean ultra-mega Republicans for not passing legislation to open all our borders to all comers. And once we open all our borders to all comers all the time, then we can all be like John Lennon and sing Imagine, a wonderful song, Imagine If. For me, I'm imagining if Mayorkas got impeached. I think that would be the best thing to imagine at this particular point. Yes, Mayorkas wants his budget beefed up so he can have 100,000 Border Patrol processing agents processing migrants as they finish their mandatory swim of initiation across the Rio Grande. Have you tuned, have you tuned in to see what's going on at the southern border as we speak? Talk of the trash and, and refuge left. And I ask yourself, just ask yourself this. You don't even have to look in the mirror to ask yourself. Just, just sit there and ask yourself, who is our immigration system serving? To what purpose are we doing this? Is it serving you? And if it is, how is it? How, how is it serving you? Please answer the question. When I ask this question, please answer it. And, and when I do ask this question, how is the immigration system helping you? I mean you, and be specific. And no, I don't mean how it's helping you feel less guilty that you were born here in America or how it's making you feel spiritually better or metaphorically more healthy. But what exactly do you get out of it? What, what's the payout? And you say, well, there doesn't have to be a payout for letting good things like this happen. I mean, after all, believe it or not, you are paying an increasingly heavy price for the millions of unknowable, unbedded aliens walking in to the nation under the Biden administration. Don't you think you should get something out of it? Because you certainly are paying for it, and you're paying for it whether you want to or not. You don't have a choice. That's what Americans really don't like. They don't like it when they don't have a choice. Isn't that what COVID was all about? You have to get the vaccine or you will be fired from your employment. If you don't wear a mask, you will be shunned. Have you thought about what you do if you were in a serious auto collision with an illegal alien who has no driver's license, no car insurance, no medical insurance, and has already been deported four times in the last eight years. Hey, it happens every day in America. I hear all about we're stronger because we are a nation of immigrants. We have this space. We are the richest nation on earth. We are the most charitable nation on earth. First, 
Let's cut the crap over the immigrant farce. The world's entire population are either immigrants or settlers whose families somewhere along the trail were immigrants. There is nothing, there is nothing inherently magic or good about being an immigrant. If you're in favor of the type of immigration system being run over by Americans, by Joe Biden and Secretary Mayorkas, then you should be willing to have illegals come live with you. Yeah, don't send them to my place. I have, I have a problem uh, with that. And, and I, I would have no problem saying, I'm sorry, but you, you need to return to your country. And if you really are serious about coming here, do it legally. Because I support legal immigration. Now, being an immigrant means nothing more than you're willing to move. And you've decided to pick up and move somewhere else. So if I ask myself this question, it's a good question. What if I was the one living in Honduras or Guatemala? What would I do? I understand that it's easy to spout off about home invasion by strangers if you've never been on the other side of the border. And honestly, I don't know what I'd exactly do or how I would exactly feel being trapped in a poor nation. Now, I've worked in Honduras, Guatemala, and Costa Rica when I was deputy director of international health care education programs at Project Hope. I know scores of professionals, doctors, nurses, laboratory technologists, and other practitioners who were trained in America but returned to their native countries in Central America to make life better for others in their countries. These are people who could have easily stayed in America. Also, when I was at Project Hope, I, along with many others, authored a very large and successful grant program to fund a series of training programs for allied health professionals at junior colleges so that they'd be trained there, stay there, work in the health care system. And these were along multiple border cities in Texas and Arizona, like Brownsville, like Eagle Pass, like El Paso, like Yuma. I know the area. I understand the question of the shoe being on the other foot. But if I wanted to live in England or Spain or Italy, I wouldn't dream of illegally crossing their borders, even knowing I would be very unlikely to be granted Spanish or Italian citizenship. Now, you may notice I continue to label these so-called migrants illegals. Now, the truth of the matter is that this is what our Secretary of Homeland Security, Mr. Mayorkas, has purposely done to these migrants. And I'll explain. They have taught these migrants to lie on their applications and to tell border agents they're running for their lives. They've run all the way from Peru or some African nation, and they could only settle on America to be safe. I know it's a little facetious, right? The U.S. government has issued massive financial grants to NGOs or non-governmental organizations like Catholic Charities to care for migrants as they approach the border. They're actually in Mexico, many of these groups. When migrants get close to the border, activists from these like organizations, they school these migrants on exactly what to say when they encounter a border patrol agent. Yeah, they, they are taught how to claim falsely that they are fleeing for their lives and are seeking asylum as a refugee in America. 
even though they could have done this in Mexico or Costa Rica or Panama or any number of other nations. Now, once they make this claim, it starts an entirely different process, and they have a 95% chance of being put through the system, given a cell phone, and transported anywhere in the continental United States at our expense. They're given a court date, maybe, to plea their asylum case. But these hearings are so backed up due to an entirely fraudulent process because ICE has been so decimated that there's not ICE agents deport people that should be deported to have deportation orders. We've got over 2 million of these. Many of these people never even show up for their court dates, and when they do, 92% of them are denied asylum. But they don't leave either. Oh, yes, indeed. This is a broken immigration system, but it's Joe Biden, the progressives, and this Mayorkas character who have broken it. Don't, don't think anything the other. Now, the next push by Biden is to demand amnesty for all the illegals in the U.S., and then putting them on a path to citizenship, bypassing all those going through legal immigration. It is so not cool to go through legal immigration. It takes time. you got to learn English. You have to take a test. You have to know something about the Constitution. You have to sort of say, you know, whether you mean it or not, that you're going to assimilate into the population. I, I mean, we have, you know, we live in a gated community. We have a big lawn service that comes out and takes care of all the lawns in this big, big area. And the only guy on these, the lawn crew, there's 20, 25 people out here to speak English is the supervisor. Everybody else speaks Spanish only. And they've been speaking Spanish only now for the last three years. Uh, something doesn't compute here. So what do the Democrats get out of all this evil you're saying? Well, they gain more dependence. I mean, if you haven't noticed, they're pushing towards socialism. And socialism needs dependency. They have, these people have to depend on the government for their meals, for their housing, for their right, for everything. Government is everything to them. So how do Democrats colonize a city or a state like New York or California and turn it blue forever? They make voters depend on government giveaways. And sort of a quick analysis here, I I believe our myths about the true grit and merits of immigrants comes from probably two main sources. First, the pioneers that transversed the American continent are heroes to many of us who've, who've had relatives who picked up and moved west, young man. And the second source of our adoration of immigrants is probably due to Ellis Island, I mean, that's where my very Polish family entered the country in the 1930s. But neither group of immigrants had to pay criminal organizations to immigrate. And there was no government waiting at the end of the destination trail, ready to use taxpayer funds to support them. So if we are a nation of immigrants, and immigrants are the key to greatness, then why is there such poverty in the world and such unrest. And do you really believe in porting? And that's what we're really doing. We're importing millions of low or no-skilled, undereducated, non-English-speaking foreigners that this is somehow going to make America great again. Remember, these millions of people paid thousands upon thousands of dollars 
to a criminal enterprise to illegally get into America, and they lied about it on top of it. And I'm not sorry to say this, but I owe illegal aliens nothing. I do resent the fact that my tax dollars are being misappropriated to pay for unlimited support for these aliens. These people aren't fleeing war or natural disasters, in most cases, unless you consider climate change a natural disaster, which the Biden administration does. But I don't see how coming here because we've got 6% of our cars are now electric that we're less prone to climate change. And don't tell me they just want to make a better life for themselves and families. Is this not true for all 8 billion humans on Earth? Is there nothing about this idea of wanting a better life that automatically qualifies them to live anywhere they wish? Don't we all want to make a better life? What makes these people more special that they should just be granted entrance into the country? And this, the Biden administration would be happy for the 20 million people that they say in our hemisphere that are on the move. That's a heads up that they're all coming here because they're not stopping at these other countries. Those are just way stations. These are just places to get temporary visas and to keep moving north. Do you think this massive migration of millions of aliens will have no effect on you or your family? If you don't think it will have any impact on you, then you're not paying attention. Because it already is. To the tune of over $200 billion each year in direct and indirect cost to support a growing mass of illegal migrants. Take a look at New York City, if you don't believe it. They're, they've got hotels are, are crammed. They're opening new spaces with cots. Well, where are these people going to go? Are they somehow going to melt into the population at large? Is, is that how this works? They haven't so far. Many of them have been there six months already, and they're still in the same hotel rooms and on the same cots, and there's just more of this going on. You know, when immigrants came through Ellis Island, they had to show that they could support themselves and they would not be a public burden. Now, this still holds for people going through legal immigration, but not for the millions crossing into America across the Rio Grande. No, not at all. They go on the public dole immediately. Let me dissuade anyone who thinks immigrants make this nation great or have made this nation great. It is our capitalist form of constitutional government that made this nation great. It wasn't immigrants. You need immigrants, obviously, to play these things out. But you know, you could have substituted a lot of other immigrants. Does anyone believe that allowing millions of broke, I mean penniless, Again, undereducated, non-English speaking, underskilled or less skilled, manual labor into the country is going to make us great again. We are failing our own children in education right now. We've had the greatest loss in education in the recorded history of this nation because of the lockdowns, because of teachers unions, because of the Joe Biden government, because of all the lies told during COVID-19, all of them. You know, the pandemic is really a pandemic of the unvaccinated. If you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID and you can't spread it. I mean, the lies just go on and on. If you just wear these masks for 100 days, you could save 100,000 American lives. We are already failing our own homeless. They're, they're crowding the streets of, 
of these cities on the on the west coast and and now we've got people laying around all over well we're failing our own veterans moreover we have plenty we have plenty of homegrown crime to deal with we don't need to import any more crime have we already forgotten that less than three weeks ago an alien from mexico here five times had already been deported killed five other people a couple of children included in that and four of the five people that he killed were also illegal aliens in the country. You know, things are, things are getting very bizarre. We have millions of our own on Medicaid, food stamps, and unemployment. We have millions of our own one-parent families who are struggling day in and day out. Just what are we doing by importing millions of people to bring little to America other than their needs? Oh, I forgot, they're going to do all those jobs that we don't want to do, like yard work and uh, toilet cleaning and, and all those other kinds of things. Uh, you know, 375,000 unaccompanied minors the Biden administration let in. They can't find 85,000 of them, but they're, they're finding them showing up in factories at the age of 9, 10, and 11 years old, dealing with conveyor belts and other kinds of stuff. That's what they need to focus on before they let any more people in. Why, would, why don't we just clean up the mess we've already created? And I would say if these activists want to sponsor an immigrant, I am all for it. Have them sign up with Homeland Security and pay their 1500 bucks a month to be a sponsor. I know, this sounds all awful as I say it, right? I must be a racist or uh, a bigot or something or other. I don't think I am, by the way. I think I'm just calling it straight. But when your president stands up and calls all the all the in free to every poverty-stricken nation on earth, what do you expect to happen? And, and what did you expect me or other taxpaying citizens to feel about it? So we even have Nancy Pelosi say we need these immigrants because they will take Americans, uh, jobs Americans will not work at. Well, I've got a series of about two hours worth of audio clips I've collected from Mayorkas and Biden and everything else just in the last couple of days that I'm not going to get to because I just I just couldn't calm down long enough to play any of them and go over them. But I'm going to do that. If I, if I do, I may do a special podcast uh, or I'll get to it next week. But it, as you can see, I'm just, I'm just a little over the top on some of this stuff because I'm so tired of the lies and, and the obfuscation that's going on by this criminal enterprise called the Biden administration. So in the last two minutes, I'll try and calm down just a little bit, go a little bit slower. And you don't want to, this business of illegals working here, being given work permits and do jobs. So they collect the money and they send these in remittances back to the countries they've come from. I don't see how that helps us either. The money doesn't get spent here. You know what it gets spent for? It gets spent so other family members can, you know, ladder their way into the country by paying the cartels again for this all to happen. And all this business about Mayorkas trying to create legal pathways for people to come into ports of entry by applying in their country or some other neighboring country, they're just trying to find more ways to work around our current laws and have people come in really surreptitiously as they're somehow legal that way bypassing all the cartels. We still have, we're, we're approaching pretty close to 2 million gotaways 
It'll happen in the next month or two. We'll reach that number. We have no clue who these people are. None whatsoever. Just think about the morality and ethics of us robbing all the youth from these countries. You know, we our Social Security system and Medicare, they're going broke. And you know why? Because there's nobody to pay into it. Our, we don't have as many young people as we used to have. Same thing with these other countries. Well, the hour has flown by. But let me just say in closing, more illegal immigrants is never going to make America great again. But it's going to have a huge impact on our economics, on our culture, and our society at large. Thank you for joining me this week. You've been listening to The Frankly Daniels Show. And I'm going to allow Kamala or Kamala to sing you out. I can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been. You know? What can be unburdened by what has been. 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 What we can see, what we believe can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. Who we can be 